What's going on guys? This is Jim Ferreira, editor and commentator for Elephant in the Room. And there is so much stuff to talk about today. Uh, but first, I'm going to start with, well, Representative Ilhan Omar from Minnesota. Um, she is the Minnesota Congresswoman who just happens to be an anti-Semitic, bigoted, and unapologetic jackass. Um, mostly because of she can't stop tweeting. She can't stop tweeting anti-Semitic things. Um, and it's really gotten to the point where it's just pissing people off, um, in a lot of high places. Um, her first tweet insinuated that, you know, Israel was hypnotizing the world in some way. Uh, she tweeted again, accusing APAC of paying off Congress and, uh, what was it? She, uh, accused advocates of Israel of having allegiance to foreign nations. Um, it's just some really, really blatant obvious anti-semitic shit that she just sits back and denies well in this time she's not even necessarily denying she's refusing to apologize she's she feels that what she said was not anti-semitic when i think she knows full well that it was um and it's just so it's so weird how many people are just jumping and like to defend her on the democratic side when there's there are some Democrats who actually have uh, denounced it and just like, hey, you know, that's that's wrong. But there's just as a platform, as a party, they're all rushing to defend her instead of condemning her. So once a little fire was put under the Democrats ass, they decided to write this resolution um, that was supposed to be a fix to the Ilhan Omar bigotry um, but it really didn't turn out that way. Instead, they, uh, at the very last minute, they decided to tailor and doctor uh, what they had originally written as a resolution and broadened uh, the resolution itself, basically condemning, you know, all kinds of bigotry, uh, women, uh, all races, gender you know, everything. They just branched it out so that it's like, hey, we condemn all of this. But what they failed to do was correct the problem. They did not condemn Ilhan Omar's actions at all. They didn't mention her. They didn't... It, it just it just bypassed everything that she did and gave her a pass to be able to do this again. So my question is, what are they going to do next time? Next time that she makes another horrendous tweet where she tweets something anti-Semitic, um, you know, what are they going to do then? You already wrote a resolution. The problem is the resolution isn't targeting the problem. You know, so all, you think that we need a resolution saying like, hey, don't be mean to gays. Yeah, we know that. We already know that. That's not the point of this resolution. The point of this resolution is for you to call out the bigot. And say, that is not acceptable as a congresswoman, Ilhan Omar. But that's not what the fuck they're doing. And that's what has a lot of Republicans pissed off. Democrats are excited about it because they're just like, eh, another sweep under the rug. You know, um, but the Republicans were not having that. Um, when it came down to vote for the resolution, I think it was 26 of the Republicans voted no for the resolution. It was at this point 
that AOC decided that she was going to take her commie fingers to Twitter and uh, just kind of, I guess, allude to the fact that maybe Republicans are racist. I I think that's what I, I got from that. AOC tweeted, where's the outrage over the 23 GOP members who voted no on a resolution condemning bigotry today? Oh, there's none. Did they get called out, raked over, ambushed in halls, and relentlessly asked why not? No. Okay, got it. What you just heard there was Congresswoman Cortez make an attempt to to basically reverse everything and make it seem like the Republicans are the ones who are the bigots in this situation and completely deflect from the fact that Congresswoman Omar had said anti-Semitic shit. Um, Okay, first of all, let's go ahead and destroy our narrative. The reason why Republicans voted nay for this bullshit is because they failed. They missed the target. They failed to do what they were supposed to do, and that's condemn the actions of Congresswoman Omar. They failed to do that. Instead, they laid out this blanket statement that didn't, that didn't address the situation at hand at all. So, basically, she just tried to feed you a, a, just a bullshit mind changer. She was trying to change everyone's mind to, to persuade you to not think that Congresswoman Omar did something wrong and instead make her seem like a victim in this situation. Even Nancy Pelosi attempted to make excuses. Uh, Nancy Pelosi was basically trying to say that maybe she just didn't understand the impact of her words. Um, you know, she's she's learning. And I keep hearing Democrats saying, well, she's learning. She's learning because, you know, she was a refugee. Okay, cut the bullshit, all right? She has a degree in political science. She's been in the United States for two decades, Okay, she she understands what the melting pot is. She is very aware of her actions. She's very aware of her words. She speaks the English language fluently, backwards, upside down, and in the rain. Okay, so the, these excuses where they're trying to make it seem like she's dumb, she should really be offended by her own party for making these excuses. But nonetheless, they're trying to make it seem like an elected official a congresswoman does not understand her own choice of words. That is bullshit to me. And I don't think anybody should believe that. And if you did believe that, I hope that this right here, me clarifying to you how stupid that thought is, changes your mind. Uh, Because I just want you to be intelligent. Listen to what this Jewish representative from New York had to say on the floor after the votes were casted. Well, thank you, Mr. Speaker. Uh, Let's all be honest with each other. Uh, We are here today right now because of anti-Semitic rhetoric from one member of this chamber said again and again and again. We would not be on this floor right now otherwise to discuss this topic. If that member was a Republican, that member's name would be in this resolution. And this resolution would be all about condemning anti-Semitism and it would be done so forcefully. 
That member in January had to apologize for talking about a hypnosis of Israel that they have over the entire world. That member had to apologize in February by saying that if you support Israel, it must be because you're bought off by Jews. That member called it an unequivocal apology, even though she filled it with equivocation. And now we're back again, this time by saying that if you support the U.S.-Israel relationship, that you must have pledged allegiance to a foreign government. Except this time, that member is refusing to apologize. Even if you gave that member every benefit of the doubt that she had no idea what she was doing, why now wouldn't she be apologizing? Why would she be more emboldened to refuse an apology altogether? I apparently uh, am giving Rep. Omar more credit than uh, the speaker is because I don't believe she is naive. I believe that she knows exactly what she's doing. It is an American value, by the way, to have reasonable, legitimate criticism of a government, whether it be the U.S. government, Israel, or any other government. It is not an American value, though, to be hurling anti-Semitic rhetoric. If someone does something really horrible, not once, not twice, but three times, and has a history prior to them being elected of doing the same offense, some would say that there is a fucking pattern to her behavior, to her choice of words, to her belief. Anti-Semitism must be condemned unequivocally and emphatically. We have members of this chamber who associate with Louis Farrakhan who says, quote, Hitler was a very great man. Let's talk about a double standard. In January, we all came to this chamber. We condemned white supremacy. We named a Republican member. We kicked that member off of his committees. He can't serve on the small business committee, but this member will continue to serve on the House Foreign Affairs Committee. But no, now... We can't come here and just emphatically, solely, forcefully condemn anti-Semitism and name names. But if it was a Republican, we would. It's time to call out these statements for what they are. Pointed, bigoted, unreasonable, illegitimate, anti-Semitic. Now, I think it's blatantly obvious that anyone who may be bigoted should not be on, I don't know, the Committee of Foreign Affairs. You literally have to deal with the same people that you are bigoted against. It, it should make, it should be common sense, but Democrats are fighting to keep her on the committee. Like even Nancy Pelosi said that she would not be removed from the committee. And I'm, it's blowing my fucking mind how the hell, and yes, I am getting a little bit shitty about this because I am, I am Jewish, so... It's just hard to believe that they can't find in the resolve that she needs to be removed from this committee. I commend my colleagues on the other side of the aisle who have been speaking out about all this anti-Semitism. A few members come to mind. Chairman Engel, Congressman Deutsch, Congressman Nadler, Congresswoman Lowy, Congressman Gottheimer. Many of my colleagues on the other side of the aisle, I believe to their core, know how very wrong this is, and there are many other members to name as well. And I'd be remiss if I didn't take this opportunity to say thank you to each and every one of them, because support of Israel, support of Jews, standing against anti-Semitism, has been bipartisan in the past, it should be bipartisan today, and should be bipartisan for every moment in the future. I yield back. The gentleman from Georgia. 
Rashida Tlaib tweeted, hard to watch Rep. Scalise demand that Rep. Ilhan Minnesota be removed from House Foreign Affairs without wondering if it's steeped in Islamophobia. Ilhan is more than capable of sitting on the committee and making decisions that are in the best interests of her constituents and all Americans. Now, Rashida Tlaib, obviously, tried to do the same exact thing that AOC tried to do, deflect and tried to turn it around, and it's all bullshit. Um, she tried to make it seem like, oh, well, it's because of Islamophobia is the reason why you guys are attacking her. No, it's because of her bigoted fucking words. The same words that Rashida Tlaib uses because she also is an anti-Semite. So, of course, she would run to her defense. Of course, she would. Okay, so I'm not going to I'm not going to dive into ideology into this episode uh, because I did that. I think I covered Islam in a prior episode where I did call her out for the first tweet that she had made uh, that was anti-Semitic. But there's one thing that Omar and Talib have in common, and it's their ideology. So it's not a surprise to me when these two people who share the same ideology that feels a certain way about Jews say something that's anti-Semitic. It's not a surprise to me. Am I saying that all Muslims? No, not all Muslims, but the teachings of the ideology is not very kind to Jews. Those who choose to carry themselves and, I guess, full-heartedly believe in the ideology, it wouldn't surprise me if they say something anti-Semitic. And let me tell you how unapologetic Ilhan Omar was. Uh, just right after that session, she retweeted a tweet from a columnist. Uh, she was so unapologetic, she retweeted a response to Meghan McCain crying after a debate when she states that Omar's comments are scary. The columnist who tweeted it, I believe his name is pronounced Madai Hassan, said, Meghan's late father literally sang bomb, bomb, bomb Iran and referred to his Vietnamese captors as gooks. He also, lest we forget, gave the world Sarah Palin, so a little less Fox outrage over a former refugee turned freshman representative, please. Wow. Okay, um, let me see. There's so much there. (laughs) Let's start with the bomb, bomb, bomb Iran. Okay, Senator McCain, who's no longer with us, um, you gotta look at it from the, think, think of it from this perspective, right? No one wants to just go bomb Iran, okay? There's innocent men, women, and children who are not involved with the world's issues today. They're just there living life day by day. That's understandable. No one just wants to go bomb, bomb, bomb Iran. But there is a problem, a very big problem with Iran, and it constantly facilitating terrorism, constantly paying for terrorism, constantly ramping up its nuclear activity, Iran is a very big problem. It's the world leader in terrorism. Period. There's no other place on the planet where there is more terrorism than Iran. So when you look at it from that perspective, and you think about what is Iran's actual value, what is Iran's value? Other, okay, eliminate oil. Because I don't even, actually you can keep oil there. Oil is not even... I wouldn't even consider that uh, value because we could always get oil from somewhere else. 
Hell, we have oil here in America. So eliminate oil. Oil's not much of value to us. It's good while we can get it. But that's not like a deal breaker for Iran. So what what is Iran's value? There is none. If Iran disappeared today, if the entire country just disappeared, just vanished in thin air, no one would miss it. Absolutely no one would miss it. There would be far less terrorism in the world and a lot of people would get a lot of shit done and a lot of development and a lot of, uh, I guess, progression would take place where people would have more freedoms. And, you know, Iran is a actual problem right now. It's a plague of the earth right now. Now, I'm not speaking on the people, the individual people who are just living life day by day. I'm not speaking about them. That's why I said no one wants to go and just literally just bomb, bomb, bomb Iran. But if it came down to it, you do what you have to do in war. You do what you have to do in war. So, okay. And then, and then he, he referred to, uh, when I guess Senator McCain called his captors gooks, I guess he referred to his captors as gooks. Okay. Yes, that is a racial slur. Yes, that is bad. But he was tortured by these people. Okay? He was tortured for years by these people. In he was captive by them. Being tortured daily. He had the option to walk away from it, but he chose to stay there with his men. Okay. I can understand. Yeah, he said a bad word about Vietnamese people. His captors. But they did a lot worse to him. Now, I'm not excusing the racism because racism is racism and racism is bad. But we have to we have to put this we have to keep it in perspective somewhat here. I mean, realistically, have you ever said anything when you were mad and you didn't mean it? Try being tortured. Do I think Senator McCain was a racist? No, I don't. That was one of the, honestly, I think he's one one of the most honest politicians on his standpoints and his views. And he was an honest man. So I just, I don't, I think that that was stupid. And I see the attempt they were trying to make. But the real question on this entire, this entire tweet is, what does anything, any of this have to do with Meghan McCain? Absolutely nothing. This was before she was even born. So it's 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 actually pretty fucking irrelevant. I think this just all shows how unapologetic Ilhan Omar is that she would even retweet this. Um and I think it just all boils down to that she hates the support of Israel. She is currently part of the Foreign Affairs Committee, which she should not be any longer. And Nancy Pelosi, she needs to start acting like she's the leader of the Democratic Party and start spanking these badass kids when they get out of line. Now you have Democrats trying to deflect yet again and talk about hate crimes in America against Muslims. When FBI statistics show that majority of hate crimes in America are committed against Jews, not Muslims, not any other, the most, 
the most hate crimes in America are committed against Jews. And that's the truth. So I don't even understand how they can even use that as a deflection. They can't. But they're going to try. And they're going to try to convince you. But I got to go to break. And we'll be right back with more Elephant in the Room. Where we got more stuff to talk about. All right, now for some hip fire news. Okay, Venezuela has been going through a lot of shit right now. Um, right now, they don't even have power. They're having power outages all over Venezuela. Um, and the government, instead of saying, wow, we're really fucking up, uh, the socialism thing isn't really working out, and uh, yeah, it's kind of our our bad. No, they, uh, they like to put the blame in other places, so uh, they've been actually having a little fun with... Uh, Marco Rubio here in the U.S. and uh, they've been tweeting back and forth but Marco Rubio tweeted this tonight the Baghdad Bob of Caracas revealed I caused the nationwide and ongoing electric power outage in Venezuela my apologies to the people of Venezuela I must have pressed the wrong thing on the electric attack app I downloaded from Apple my bad (laughs) so basically he's just like He's just like jabbing at him pretty much because they, I guess some, some official had made the claim that Marco Rubio was the cause for the power outages in Venezuela. It was just one way that they, I guess, lie into their own people. But, and then Marco Rubio decides to have a little bit more fun. So he tweeted shortly after that, a few weeks ago, the Maduro regime blamed iguanas for causing a large electric grid blackout. We have now received the first video of what caused tonight's unprecedented nationwide blackout in Venezuela. And it it's a gif of Godzilla blowing fire out of its mouth. It's pretty awesome. All right, and to continue on with the hip fire news, in other news, Rolling Stone has just released a new cover titled Women Shaping the Future. And there's four women on the front, but there's only three that we need to be concerned with because these three women should not ever shape the future for future women. Uh, Ilhan Omar, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, and Nancy Pelosi. Uh, yeah, I do not want, if I had a daughter, I, I do not want those three women to be an influence on my daughter. Also, Hillary Clinton, earlier this month, stating that she wasn't going to run for president. Well, now Hillary's kind of backpedaling on whether she's going to run for 2020. Um, I think it would be in the best interest of America if Hillary Clinton did run. I, I say that because she would lose so badly and it would just it would just make things so easier for the Republicans if Hillary Clinton did run because she's just a shifty character. She'll change her platform, she'll switch it up, she'll do some wishy-washy bullshit, and people won't feel comfortable with her, and she'll cheat her way to the top, which will give a really good imbalance for Donald Trump. Also, Michael Cohen may have lied. Uh, What a surprise. The liar may have lied uh, when he was over there trying to be a canary bird. Uh, Apparently, Michael Cohen said unequivocally that he would not ever request a pardon from President Donald Trump if he ends up going and serving his time. He's not going to request a pardon at all. Um, Well... His attorney says otherwise. His attorney turns around 
and basically is like, yeah, we're going to ask for a pardon. We need a pardon here. Um, hopefully Donald Trump will come through pretty much is what he's shooting for. And uh, yeah, so that there would actually be considered yet another lie for Michael Cohen. And this is the person that the Democrats were betting their entire stash on. They were betting everything on Michael Cohen to come out and flip on Donald Trump and they got absolutely nothing from it. So yeah. North Korea is possibly at it again, creating a new rocket launch site. Um, Donald Trump basically said that he would feel kind of upset if, you know, this is true, that they're actually going forth with this. And last but not least, Jesse Smollett. Jesse Smollett is being indicted by a grand jury. 16 felony counts orchestrating a hate crime hoax. And I say, bravo. I am so glad that this motherfucker is going to jail for this shit. Like, I mean, I, I hope he gets the max of whatever the fuck he deserves because he is the reason. People like him are the reason why there is so much division. And he did it so he could advance his own career. Selfish. Ignorant. And I hope he gets the maximum amount of time that he can get for whatever the fuck he's getting. Fuck him. And that concludes your hip fire news. And now back to good old illegal immigration. Democrats would like you to think that there's nothing going on. There's no emergency at our southern border. Okay. I guess the real question would be, do these border walls actually work? Well, in the four areas that currently have border walls, El Paso, Yuma, Tucson, and San Diego, illegal immigration has dropped 81% from 2000 to 2017. And currently, from 2000 to 2019, illegal crossings in these, in these specific areas have dropped an average of 90%. Some would say that walls are pretty damn effective based off those statistics. We now need more wall than ever. Migrants know that we're ramping up our border security and implementing a wall, so they are now coming in record numbers to attempt to get in before the wall can be constructed. I mean, February was another record high. We we had 76,000 apprehensions in, in February. That's family apprehensions. There's been a 300% increase in illegal family apprehensions this year alone. They're overwhelming our hospitals. 55 migrants a day are referred to hospitals, costing millions for taxpayers. Now, I guess what mainstream media is trying to make people believe right now is that there's no way that the wall will get constructed. Uh, you know, Democrats got this on a hold. Um, well, let me break it down. So, 51 senators is needed to vote to block the national emergency, essentially. They need 51 senators to vote no on this. There are 47 Democrats, and uh, I mean, I, I, don't think, I don't think any of them are going to sway on this. I'm pretty positive. Democrats have been pretty lockstep when it comes to border security and the wall situation. So we know we can bank on them getting all 47 Democratic votes voting no for the border wall. Rand Paul, 
is now the fourth Republican against emergency funding for the vote. So with four Republicans and 47 Democrats, that makes the 51 opposing votes that they need to block the wall. Liberals get happy when they hear this. But President Trump already promised to veto it. It would take 66 votes to override the veto, which they they just don't have. They don't have that. So the wall will get built. It will get constructed. And I'm pretty sure uh, Democrats feel a little bit uncomfortable about that because he actually promised he would do this. And, uh, well, he's really good at sticking to his promises. President Trump recently tweeted, Border Patrol and law enforcement has apprehended large numbers of illegal immigrants at the border. They won't be coming into the U.S. The wall is being built and will greatly help us in the future. And now, exclamation point. And now, for your update on the cost of illegal immigration for all taxpayers. That's right, you, me, Tom, and Uncle Sam. The cost for illegal immigration for today alone... A little bit, uh, a little bit high. Five hundred and forty-six million dollars today alone was spent on illegal immigration. Um, illegal aliens who have crossed into two thousand nineteen alone, thirty-five thousand. There's been thirty-five thousand illegal immigrants who have entered our country in two thousand nineteen alone. Um, the total cost this year. billion is how much we spent on illegal illegal immigration. Some would say that's fucking significant. Um, The total aliens in the U.S. calculation is about 25,793,000 illegal aliens total. That's a lot of people who broke our laws and are... being an expense to us um, and don't deserve to be here. I mean, that's how I feel about it. I just, I I send them all back. I'm okay with that. Estimates, of course, are provided by the Center of Immigration Studies, Department of Homeland Security, uh, American Immigration Reform Institute for Defense Analysis, Yale and MIT. All right, guys, this will have to conclude today's episode of Elephant in the Room. I appreciate everybody who tuned in and was listening. Please like and share. Tell your friends about it. Um, If you want to reach me on Facebook, it's Jim Ferreira 91. That's Jim F-E-R-R-E-I-R-A 91. Or if you want to reach me on Twitter, it's Jim Ferreira 90 on Twitter. Or you can go ahead and subscribe to my website. That's elephantintheroomtalk.net. And I got to give a shout out to Anchor. Uh, If you want to check out Anchor, if you're interested in starting your own podcast, go to anchor.fm slash start. We are Elephant in the Room. Jim Ferreira signing out.